Children under the age of 105 are all welcome to participate today. Wow, first volunteer, brilliant. If you want to take a seat somewhere you might feel comfortable, you can sit on that chair maybe even if you're lucky. Children of all ages I need, come forward. Um, Because there's no children's work through August, uh, we want to make our times together when we're doing the preachy bit a bit more interactive and fun. Teenagers, I may need you too. There are points, there are prizes. Well, take a seat, get yourselves kind of comfortable where you'd like to seat, where you're not going to get trodden on by me walking around. Let's just, whoopsie, let's bob that there. We may need to use that, probably will. Oh, yes, good of baggies, good of baggies, bag of goodies even. Spoonerizing already, haven't even started. Okay, hallelujah. Today, God, even though, even though, um, this was kind of for the children. It wasn't for the children. It's for the people of God. The children of God is who this is for. So don't switch off. There are very special truths that we can glean today. Um, and revelation. I've received already revelation. I say, thank you, Father. Now I am more equipped and I feel empowered. Now then, I need some help from these young people in front of me. We have some little jobs to do. Well, I have one specific job to do, and it could be one of the teens if they would like to do that, because it involves a little bit of writing and taking some notes. I need a list of everybody's names who are down here participating, and they need to keep a tally of points. So anybody who would like to do that is your job for the morning. So somebody, um, you're going to have it. Wow, fantastic. What you need to do is go around and get everybody's names along here, write them down there, and then when they do something, okay, they get a point. And you just put a little line. And then at the end, we'll add them all up and find out who's got the most and who goes first in the prize ceremony. Okay. Other jobs. Um, now then, children, you want to know how to earn points? I, I don't think there's anybody here today. Yes, I'm glad. Well, yes, that's what we want to hear. Now then, children, this is going over here. At any point that you think, hey, that's worthy, worthy of, hooray, you need to run over and lift this up and everybody will say, yeah, I'll put it a bit nearer. I can see we're going to come a cropper somewhere. No, don't prophesy it. However, sometimes things don't always go well, do they? And it's worthy of a boo. Okay, so the boo could go here. Okay. So, whenever you hear something, you think, well, that's a boo. Run over, hold it up, everybody's going to shout boo. Okay? And this young lady's going to write down the points next to your name if you grab that first and hold it up. You need to respond, folks. Okay. So, other jobs. We've got points keeper, booers and hurrayers are ready. We've got some questions to answer. So, if you think you know the answers, get ready with, with your answer. And... And some reading. If anybody likes to do a bit of reading out of the Bible, could be interesting. Double points. That includes you guys too, actually. Sorry, you know, points are available. Oh, thank you. I'm knocking my water over again. Is this prophetic sign? Whenever I get up, I knock water over. It goes everywhere. I better slurp a bit, hadn't I? And it won't get so... That's better. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we... 
treasure your word because it is life. It is supernatural. There is no other book written on the face of the earth that has the same power as the word of God. Father, we open our hearts. We open the windows of our soul right now. Imagine that. Just picture opening your windows in your home. Opening up the windows. Open the doors. We open to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we open to you. We ask you to carry the words that we receive deep in our hearts and plant it. That it will be there for an eternal purpose. It will change us for eternity. Father, overshadow us as we look into your word and expand our horizons. Bring faith in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, empower me not to spoonerize. Now then, I understand we've been talking about the Olympics. Anybody watch the Olympics? Anybody? You did? Oh, what was that? What was that? I heard a boo. Dear, oh dear, should have been a hooray, perhaps. And I think Britain did quite well, didn't we? Okay. Now, as there is a theme, we're looking at champions. I think John spoke about what, what it was to be a champion last week. And today, we have one of God's champions. Anybody know who it could be? Shout out. Right, Elsie. Wow! Do you know, I thought it was a good likeness. Thanks, Elsie. It is Daniel. We are looking at Daniel as one of God's champions. You've been talking to each other by any chance. Anyway, fantastic. Okay. Now then, we've got some questions, children. So are you ready with everybody's names? Yeah, you think so? Fantastic. How many have we got? Let's just count up. We've got Georgina, Josephine, Katie, Elsie, Olivia, Cornelius. Is that all the children we've got down the front? Nobody else wants to win anything. Okay. Can you put my name down on there as well, please? Right. I know what the prizes are. Okay. So, children, first question. Does anybody know? It's not a hard question. It's not meant to be difficult. Okay. What nationality was Daniel? That means what country did he come from? It's quite a fairly easiest sort of guess answer, actually. Katie's her first with hand up. Babylon. You were very close, but not quite. That was a really good try. I think a point, point, because she answered a question. There's another answer. I didn't say you had to get them right or wrong, did I? Can we help the children? What nationality was Daniel? It's not a trick question. Oh. Israeli. He was from Israel, so he was an Israelite. Fantastic. Well, that's a point for me. Thank you. Okay. And where did he live? Where did he live? Jerusalem. Say again? Jerusalem. Not quite. He might have done to start with. Give her a point. Where did he live? Oh, Katie. Babylon. Absolutely right. He did. Well done. Oh, yes. Give Georgina a point. Fantastic. Well done. Yes, indeed. Now then. Does anybody know why? Now, grown-up children, who can give me a very short two-sentence answer? Why did Daniel, who was an Israelite, live in Babylon, which was not his hometown? Not a town or home country. Oh, Sarah Ayers has a hand up. Because he was a captive of war. Whoa, that was one sentence, and I wanted two, but that's fine. I'll have to expand a bit, then. it's very well done, concise. Maybe you don't know the story, but the Israelites were naughty. And they didn't do what God asked for a lot of years, despite being warned by Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah said, look, change your ways. Stop doing wrong, start doing right, because otherwise trouble's going to come. And trouble came in the shape of a king. Who knows the name of the king that came and took them all away? It's a long, complicated name. Oh, Katie's really good. She's getting lots of points. Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, say it again. Nebuchadnezzar. Well done, Nebuchadnezzar. Georgina's doing well. Oh, it's a, it's a boo as well, isn't it? It's a hooray because we got the right answer. Yeah. I haven't been priming Katie, actually. She doesn't know what I've been preparing. <laughs> well done. Bible knowledge is good. So King Nebuchadnezzar took them all away. And they were living in Babylon. So they took them all away when Daniel was a young man. That was worthy of a boo. But anyway, never mind. You missed it. Okay. But Daniel was one of God's champions whilst he was in Babylon. Fantastic. I hope you're keeping up with these points, Sally, because I'm completely lost. All right, next question. Remember we're doing about the Olympics. Did you watch the Olympics? Did you watch any? Yeah. Okay, this question is for you then. Okay, just for you. How many medals were there? Different types of medals. You can, um, you can have... How many? There was... Ah, yes, there were. Who knows what colours they were? Bronze, yeah. silver and gold. Fantastic, yes. Excellent, absolutely right. So we are going to look at three medal-worthy events in the life of Daniel. Okay. What made him one of God's champions? There are more, but I've just chosen three. So, the first medal-worthy event of Daniel's life was when he first went to Babylon. Okay, we need Bibles. Daniel happened to be a very able man. And he was spotted by one of the king's royal officials. I'm using this and this at the same time. I don't need to. I'm sorry, um, Les. You're probably perplexed with me messing about with two things at my face. It's easier to do things without having something in your hand. Yeah, so along with three of his friends, I won't ask you, it was Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, and they were selected for three years of service in the royal courts, or training, sorry, before they served in the royal courts. And Daniel in particular was spotted as a super-duper able man of God to work in the, in the Babylonian court. Good news. He got a good job. Fantastic, even as a captive. Now then, did we say, question, did we say what, well, kind of we did say what nationality Daniel was, but does any know, anybody know what else we call that if you're an Israelite? There's another word for it, beginning with J. Oh, Georgina. A Jew. He was Jewish. That's right. She can't reach it. Never mind. Yeah, he was Jewish. Now then, does anybody know what does that mean about the food Daniel ate? Come on, teens. Do you know? I want the answers. Oh, we've got two hands down here. Come on, teens. Testing them now, but we've got some hands up. Elsie? Uh, fruit and vegetables. Oh, well, you're getting ahead of the story, but that was a good try. They couldn't eat pig's meat. Oh, yeah. Very good. They couldn't eat pig's meat because 
they had to eat what was called kosher food, which was like the laws that God had said about what to eat and what not to eat. So he couldn't eat pig's meat, which meant he couldn't eat ham sandwiches. He couldn't eat pork sausage rolls. And he couldn't, travesty of all, have bacon sandwiches. <gasps> what would life be without bacon sandwiches? Dear, oh dear, that was really of a boo. Oh, you missed it. Okay. So, let's have a look then at the situation. Who's going to be first reader? You have to read out of this one because other translations were a little bit tricky. So this is the New Living Translation, which I find is a really good read. Not very good for studying with. Okay, who would like to read the first verse? Chapter 1, verse 8. Who wants to read the first one? Shall I do the first one? Get us ready? Okay. You shout if you want to do any reading. Right, verse 8 of chapter 1. My goodness, this print is small. But Daniel made up his mind not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief official for permission to eat other things instead. Wow. That could be worthy of a hooray because he stuck to his principles. That's very good. But the court official wasn't happy. Mm -mm. Oh dear. But Daniel was bold and stood his ground and he made a suggestion. Okay, so this is what he said. Verse 12. Test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, which is what Elsie was getting at. Well done. Daniel said, at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's rich food. Then you can decide whether or not to let us continue eating our diet. Hmm. So what happened next? Let's jump to verse 15 to 17. Is somebody going to read that one for me? Elsie. Right, 15 to 17. This is very tiny, but I'm sure your little eyes will manage. So verse 17 down to there, just to the end of that. So what did you say? Start at 15, did I say? Start at 15 to 17. And better nourished than the young men who had been eating food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the rich foods and wine. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for learning the literature and science of the time. And God gave Daniel a special ability in understanding the meanings of visions and dreams. Fantastic. Worthy of a hooray. Yeah, absolutely. So Daniel made a stand and God honored him. And I think that is definitely worthy. Who would like to do an award ceremony for me? Who's going to do some awarding? We have the bronze medal. Let's have you because you're busy stuck with a pen and paper. We're going to award Daniel the bronze medal for making a stand for God. And come on, you're going to crown, crown him, anoint him, whatever. Let's get it round. There we go. Well done, Daniel. You win a bronze medal. Now, God honored that stand and gave him more as a result because he was unwilling to compromise a truth. Okay, who knows what medal should be coming next? What medal's coming next? Bronze. We've had bronze, haven't we? So the next one after that will be? Silver. Yes, absolutely. Well done. Yeah, so it's a silver one. We're moving up the ranks now. 
Okay. So, Daniel, as we read, was a man who prayed to God regularly. And he was also very successful in the royal court where he was placed. So much so... Thank you. Yeah, any time, that's fine. You keep on doing that behind me. But he was so successful, he was so successful that the Babylonian officials didn't like him. Oh, be quicker off the mark next time. Okay. And they devised a cunning plan. Okay. Well done, Cornelius. Okay, let's jump into chapter 6, which is where this story account is. Would anybody like to read? We can have any more reading? Katie, right, it's 6 to 8. I think we'll start with, remember, listen, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Chapter 6, 6 to 8. Can you find it? Down a bit, what's this? Is that a 6? Yeah, 6 to 8. Oh, hang on, we need the mic, don't we? I need 15 hands to do this. You take your hats off to children's workers, don't you? They really do a good job. So yeah, that's worthy of a hooray. <laughs> <laughs> so the administrators and princes went to the king and said, Long live King Dar- Darius. We administrators, prefects, princes, advisors, and other officials have unanimously agreed that your majesty should make a law that will be agreed Oh, no, no. That will be strictly enforced. Give orders for that the next 30 days, anyone who prays to anyone divine or human, except your majesty, will be thrown to the lions. And let your majesty issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. Uh, law of... Meat yeah, is. the meat and the Persians. Yeah, thank you. Well done. Yeah, definitely. Come on, a bit more of a boo. Opposition and persecution coming up. Not so good. Oh dear. Now, what was this going to mean for Daniel? He was faced with a choice. He could either obey the king's order and stop praying to our Heavenly Father. You imagine that? Or he could continue praying to God. And risk being found out and thrown to the lions. What would you do? Risk being found out where there's a brave soul in Elsie. Well done. Yeah, come on, let's have one of those. That's what you want. Bold children in the kingdom. Yeah, well, let's find out what he did. Who's got the Bible? Chapter 6, verses 11 to 13. Would anybody like to read that? Elsie's going to read this one. 11 to 13 of chapter 6. Okay, can you see it? The officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went back to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, anyone who prays to anyone, divine or human, except your majesty, will be thrown to the lions? Yes, the king replied. And the, that decision stands. It is a law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Yeah, is that it? Good. Well done. Mm, that's worthy of a boo. Fantastic. So, 
That mean bunch. Yeah, let's get some. Come on, let's hear it. Come on. Miserable lot. Jealousy. How many of us face jealousy at work when we do something that's a success? We see God's favor and something comes against because people don't like it. They don't know how to handle it. They feel jealous. But we must stand our ground. God wants to favor us. He wants to honor us. In fact, the Jewish people throughout the world are oppressed because of this jealousy. When they go from place to place, God blesses them. And so we see with Daniel, he was blessed. And it provoked this anger and hatred that comes from the pit. So, what did it mean? Do you think Daniel refused to compromise his faith? Did he compromise his faith? Oh, he refused to, yeah, I'm sorry, semantics. Get my words right. Yes, absolutely, yes. So, children, was Daniel saved from being thrown into the lion's den? No, he wasn't, was he? No, he got thrown in. Oh dear, he was thrown in and a stone was rolled over the entrance so he couldn't get out. Not much chance, oh dear. Now then, this law could not be changed. That was just the way their law system worked. It was not able to change. For 30 days, there was no escape. And the king really valued Daniel. The king thought Daniel was cool. He thought he was a good guy. But the trouble was, he'd passed the law and he couldn't do anything about it. He was, he was stuck. He was trapped. He couldn't get Daniel out. He was distraught. And in fact, it says, I think, that he didn't sleep all night. After they'd done that. Okay. So, the, the officials had got their own way. So that Daniel would be removed from the royal court. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think we're on a bit of a time delay here, aren't we? I feel like... <laughs> It's a satellite link up. That's the problem. That's why. So let's see what happened to him. Verses 21 to 23. Do you want to have a reader? Is anybody going to read? Oh, Elsie's king. Okay. Did I say 21 to 23? Right. Glad you're listening. Okay. So if you read, that's 27. Daniel answered. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me, for I have found innocence in his sight, and I would have not wronged you, your majesty. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Yay! Wow, fantastic. That is wonderful. God stepped in because uh, Daniel was innocent and had done nothing to harm the king and had stood for God. So that's fantastic in itself. But here's a principle. Daniel made a stand and something more than happened. The wonderful thing we read in 26 to 28 of that chapter. The king made a new decree and a declaration. Does anybody want to? Oh yeah, yeah, woo-hoo. Shall I read it out? Because I'm I'm getting, yes. Okay, here we go. Then the king sent a message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. That will be the known world in which they ruled over, presumably. 
peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. So Daniel's obedience meant that the whole nation now was commanded to revere and honor God. I think that is worthy of a medal. Who would like to give Daniel another medal? I think he's okay, T. We have the silver. So, Daniel, we honor you today. We believe that your stand has the impact worthy of a silver medal at least, really. I think they're all gold medal worthy, really. But uh, I wanted to use all three. Yes, fantastic. You stay there. Don't move. We haven't finished with you yet. Okay. Now then. How many more medals to go? Gold. Gold, yes. Excellent. We have the gold left. So brace yourselves, folks. Another great achievement. It's building. Now, children, I need your help. I've got another question. Have your mums and dads ever promised you something? Ever, ever, ever. They have. All right. Okay, okay, parents. Start quaking. Did they keep their... Pro- oh, first of all, what were their promises, if you can remember? Did they give you a promise? I you tell promise me. I could get my ears pierced. Did everybody hear that? Do you want to say it again a bit louder? They promised I could get my ears pierced. Right. Okay. Right. They promised you could have your ears pierced. All right. Any other promises people have had that their mums or dads... Was that the same? You had the same promise? You've got another one. Lots of promises. Yeah. My mum promised she would do my homework with me. Oh, I like that one. My mum promised she would do my homework with me. Oh, Katie's got one. She promised to help me pack my bags. Oh, contentious issue, I might add. Okay. We got it now, haven't we? Yes. Now then, with some of these promises, like, for example, your ears being pierced, did your mum keep her promise straight away? Oops, sorry. What was that? No, I'm not sure. Not straight away. Mm. How long did you have to wait? Till the next year. You mean a whole year? Whoa, that's a bit of time, isn't it? Now then, do you think in that time, did you get a bit like, oh, mum, I want my ears pierced? You didn't? No. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. I think she needs a point. Well done. Give yourself a point. That was patience and... and, um, and, and my goodness. So, you know, did you ever think your mum wasn't going to let you have them done? No. No? Wow, this is quite prophetic stuff here. Right, okay. Anybody else then have any other promises that their mums or dads or grandpas and grandmas ever gave them? Any other things they've said, I, I promise you I'll do such and such. Okay, what about if your mum or your dad or anybody else in your family had promised you, I'll take you to Alton Towers one day? Do you think that would be a good promise? Would you like that? I think somebody does. 
And what if they forgot? What might you say to them, Elsie? Boo. Oh, you said boo. Right, okay. But what else would you say to them as you remembered? So what would you say? That's not fair. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Did that mean you were going to sulk? I'd say, please, can we go? Why? Because I'd want to remind her. Oh, right, okay. Anything else you might say? Remember, it was a promise. What do people say? You promised. Ah, that's right. Yeah. You promised. You can't br- break a promise once you've made one. Oh, yeah. Dangerous ground, parents, if you say something. <gasps> You've got to be careful what you say, haven't you? Because once you've said it, they've got you. Okay. Now, you're probably wondering, what on earth has this got to do with Daniel? Yeah? Oh, you think you know. Well, hang on. Don't you might steal my thunder. Okay. Let's see. What has it got to do with Daniel? Right. Remember, Daniel had been taken from somewhere. Where had he been, he'd been taken from? Ah, well, before that, where had he grown up? To start with, when he was a little boy, he'd grown up in Israel, Jerusalem, possibly, and he'd been taken to Babylon. Yeah, okay, right. (laughs) Now then, this was all because of Israel's sin. Do you remember me saying this at the beginning? Yeah, because Israel had done some stuff that wasn't any good. They ended up being taken out of their land. Now then, do you remember, who can remember the name of the prophets I said at the very beginning who warned Israel? Who can remember? It began with J and he's in the Bible. He's got a book after his name. A name after his book, a book after his name. Yes, a book after his name. Can you remember? Begins with J. No, it's a prophet, not a man who, he wasn't Jesus. He was called Jeremiah. Oh, fantastic. They're just quick learners, aren't they? That's fantastic. Yeah, Jeremiah had warned them many, many times. Come on, he said. Pull yourself together, otherwise there's going to be trouble. You're transgressing the covenant, therefore you will come a cropper, because you're not sticking to God's ways. He wants to bless you, but you are resisting the blessing by walking away from him. Now, can you remember what I said about Daniel, that he was a man who... These kids, why is it in in school you can't shut them up? (laughs) Come on, lively, lively. You've got to be waking up and alert. He was a man who prayed, but also something else he did. Clue. He read the Bible. Oh, very good. He read the Bible. Not as we know it. He read the Old Testament. Part of that. He read the Bible. And... Let's have a look and see where we are on my page. Yes, he discovered something when he read the Bible. He discovered something God had promised. Do you remember we were talking about promises? Not quite, but there was something special that he found. Now, it happened in the first year of King Darius, and it's in chapter 9. Who would like to read what he discovered? Okay, it's chapter 9, verse 2. Okay, Katie. Chapter 9, verse 2. 
So it's in the year of... Oh, sorry, thank you. Fifteen hands. <laughs> During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, was studying the writings of the prophets. I learned from the word of the Lord, as recorded by Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. That's it. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So he read the word and discovered something. Now, the point was, he realized that he'd been in Babylon about 70 years. And I was thinking to myself, I reckon Daniel must have been about 85 when he read that. Any of us over 85 here? Nope, not yet. However, we do tend to put on, sit back on our laurels when we get older, don't we, in our culture? Well, he certainly wasn't. He was still going for it in God. Now then, it said Jerusalem is going to lie desolate. Anybody know what desolate means? Let's find out. Empty. Empty. Yeah. Anything else? More than just empty. What happens to a building that's empty for many, 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 many years? It would crumble. Yeah. Crumble. Apple crumble. Yeah. It would be in ruins. And that's what happened to Jerusalem for 70 years. It decayed and became a mess. And this was uh, prophesied by Jeremiah. We are getting to a point, folks. Bear with me. So God had said, the people of the land, this is what Daniel read. He read that Jeremiah had said, the people will be taken away from Jerusalem and Israel for 70 years. And it was now about the 69th year. What do you think was going to happen then? After the 70 years, Jeremiah did tell them, what do you think might happen after 70 years? The you know, Israels can go back to their homeland. Yeah, absolutely. They were going to go back. However, that sounds wonderful. God had promised to do it. Hmm, we learned a little bit about promises, didn't we? And I was impressed with you because when your mum had said something, you took her at her word. Right, mum said it, it'll happen. I'll get my ears pierced. God had promised it. Now, God is our father, but he's not like a forgetful parent. He doesn't need nagging about his promises. But have you ever thought, why is it that it doesn't always go the way we expect? What is it? God promised this. Why hasn't it come about? Hmm. He needs someone to pray. He needs someone to say, but God, you said. I'm sure we can think from our childhood when our parent had said something. But you said, Dad. You said, Mum. Okay. Now, we don't have to persuade God like that. But I believe one of the prime reasons behind this is a deep spiritual truth, which I'm now going to give to you. The earthly realms are dominated by Satan. 
He is called the prince of the power of the air. The stuff we breathe. He is in this dimension. He has been given rule, and in fact he took it because of man's disobedience. And now he is, at large, roaring around like a prowling lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he is actually ruling out there. We receive the impact of some of this, but capital letters B-U-T, as God's people, we have been given authority to counter the works of the devil. Now that might not seem like a fantastic, amazing revelation, but it is worthy of more than three people's hoorays. Come on, bring it on. We, okay, (laughs) in one sense that's all very well. However, we have to exercise that authority. Everybody say exercise. Exercise. Who enjoys exercise? Some of us do. That's about 10% of the congregation. Once you get into it, you get the endorphins, don't you? And it does make it fun. But sometimes you have to push through the flesh. I don't want to do this. Oh, it's killing me. I've got a stitch. Oh, stop. We have to exercise the authority that God has given us. And therein, we will see the enemy put to flight. Do you know, the enemy has no, uh, no thing to fight with against the prayers of the saints in faith and against the blood of the Lamb. There is nothing, there is nothing that can counter the truth applied. Come on, we should be on our feet now dancing. Come on. Because God has overcome him. And we overcome in him and we have to exercise it. You know, there is nothing that makes me any different from the people at work apart from When I declare something, when I speak out of faith, when I speak in the Spirit, when I declare truth, that makes me different. When I pray, it makes me different. Not necessarily overtly, but if I don't do those things, I'm no different to anybody else. On the outward, to the powers in the heavenlies, they see no different. But as I begin to declare something, as I begin to act in line with faith and the word of God, they take note and they cannot refuse my request under the will of God. Yes, let's have it. So, if it says, by his stripes we are healed, I can declare that. I can say to the enemy, I can speak over him and say, you are trying to put this on me. But God said... His promise, by his stripes, I have been healed. Therefore, it's mine. I'm taking it. And just as exercise is a challenge and a pain and you don't like doing it, sometimes it's the very point you don't want to do it and you don't want to pray and you don't want to say it. But that's the very place where he will start to think, whoa, he means business, this guy. I've got to yield. But he's been around a while. He knows how to resist. But he cannot resist forever. Sooner or later, he will crumble because we are standing on an eternal word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, praise God. Now, I've gone off the point a little bit from my notes. Ooh. But I will get back on track so that we can complete this and you can go home and have your lunch. 
Okay. Hooray! <laughs> 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 hey, hey, not, not so loud. Right, we need to see just a little bit as to what happened here. Children, you've been very patient. Let's give them a round. They've been fantastic here. Good. Well done. Okay, I'm going to read chapter 4, verse 9. This is what Daniel did when he discovered this promise. He said, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and keep your commands. He took his word back to God and said, here, this is what you say, Lord. Yeah, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and we, I ask you, forgive us. We clean the slate, and now we have right standing. We can stand with boldness on that word. And he goes on, it's a long scripture, I'm not going to read it all now. But I would suggest, go home and read it, because it's, it's rich. Okay? And the amazing thing is, as Daniel was obedient to respond to something he saw, guess what? God did something more than as Daniel responded. An amazing thing happened. And where is it? I'm trying to find it. Let's jump down to, okay, 20. Just after he said, oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Oh my God, don't delay for your people and your city. Bear your name. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people, pleading with the Lord, my God, for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, have you heard of him? He's God's messenger. Do you think he's quite powerful? Top brass, yeah, absolutely. Gabriel, who I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. Listen to this. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. I am here to tell you what it was, for God loves you very much. Now listen so you can understand the meaning of your vision. And he went on to bring prophetic utterance about the future. Things hundreds of years following Daniel and even have yet to be fulfilled, which we will experience and probably go through ourselves. This was the impact. Daniel deciding, I hear God, I'm responding from what I see, and then God did more than. He did an amazing thing. And you know, amazing things happen when we pray. Okay. You know, Daniel received one of those mega prophecies of Scripture And all because he set his heart to pray for God's purpose, because he saw something God had promised for his people. That's what I call serving and sacrifice. And for that, we will give Daniel a gold medal. Who's going to have a gold medal award? Would you like to put it on Daniel for us? Yeah, if you can reach up. Let's give the children and Daniel a round of applause for his amazing dedication to the Lord. We honour you today, Daniel. We think you've done a fantastic job, left us with a a, a fantastic legacy of obedience to God. So, what have we found out about Daniel, our medal-worthy saint? He was a man who kept God's ways and wasn't prepared to compromise. He was a man who prayed and was unwilling to forsake his devotion to God. And he was a man who read scripture and acted upon it, even when it cost him to do it.
So congratulations, Daniel. You are one of God's champions. Well done. That's it, folks. Yay! Right, we need, we need the adding up of the points. You want to add those points up? Can you do it? You've done it in tallies of five. Can you add them up and tell us who's got the most? Somebody's got an awful lot. Well, you're tying. Who's tying in first place is Georgina and Elsie. Give them a big round. Fantastic. Well done. So you get first pick. You can have two things out of the lucky bag. Okay. And uh, then you can pass them around to the others. And you can all come and, come and grab something out of the bag. But let those girls go first. Well done. Thank you for your patience. And I hope that the truths of God's word... Do you have something to say? Yeah. Hilary. I wanted to say this earlier, but then I held back. But I think the individual is so important to God. You know, and Daniel had his purpose at that time. That was his purpose, to do what he had to do. And there's only one Daniel. And there's only one of me, and I'm doing my purpose. And there's only one of you... And if you've, if you've found your purpose, that's great. If, if you haven't found your purpose, it's out there. And, and find it out. And find it out, kids. Teach because God's got a purpose for you. you. You probably don't know it yet because you haven't got into your life. But you will find your purpose in God. And, you know, watching the Olympics and everything... There's only one Usain Bolt who has done that. And there's only one Jessica Ennis. You know, and each of us are really important to God. And we've all got our thing to do. Amen. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thanks, Hilary. That's, that's absolute truth. Thanks for listening and participating. If you'd like to stand, we're going to pray the blessing. I think I might read it because I never get it right. It's in number six, I believe. Do you know, this prayer was appointed to uh, Aaron and his sons to pray over the people. And I believe that the blessing within it has not been withdrawn. And it is God's desire to continue to bless us. So if you want to lift up your hands, reach them out. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his face and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.